Welcome to the Abundant Encounters Podcast. My name is Joshua Marsingale. And thanks for sharing this time with me. It's amazing how far a little intentionality can go in our lives, in our spiritual lives. Things seem to take shape spiritually when we add intention. Prayer, for example. As we pray, our intention grows, our faith grows. We begin to envision a prophetic future that doesn't yet exist. And in play the entire time is this intention. It's how we meditate. The Abundant Encounters podcast is here to help you have daily encounters with God. We love the Bible. We love that God is real. And so we celebrate these, those things on this podcast. I hope that you came here hungry because even the honeycomb is sweet as the Bible says in Proverbs to the hungry and um, the way this podcast works we'll read the scriptures faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God and um, so that's two things. You get hearing and faith when you hear the word. So we start with the word. We go into just a little teaching and then an activation. And this can be a peaceful time for you to just meditate on the word of God. Like God the Father told Joshua, meditate my word day and night. And this will give you a little time to focus. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for your ability to break through the noise and reach us in our lives. I thank you, Lord God, for what you've made available, which is you. You are the pearl of great price. We want to be present. We want to feel you. We want to sense you, Lord. Come in like a rushing wind, like a flood, Lord. All around us and through us during this time, I pray for every listener, Lord God, that you that you just put a hedge of protection around them. I bind up with the authority that Jesus has given us. Bind up anything that would hinder your access. To them during this time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cancel any wicked assignment against them. Because it's not flesh and blood that we have to worry about. It's these spiritual realities. And so I put a stop to anything negative right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care if it was in the family. It stops now. Now. 
Holy Spirit come. Fill, fill, fill. Abundance, overflow, new beginnings. In Jesus' name. All right, so today we're going to be reading from Luke 10, and we are in the Passion Translation today. My favorite translations. You hear me say that a lot, but I love the Passion Translation. It's also a poetic translation, and it's powerful. There's a lot of great commentary in, in the Passion books, and I love that we are in the time when it is being written by these scholars and translators. Um, so exciting. Look into Brian Simmons' uh, ministry and you'll be blessed. After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all, and he commissioned them to go ahead of him into every town he was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to send out many more workers into his harvest fields. Now, off you go. I am sending you out, even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone. And don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. Once you enter a house, speak to the people there and say, God's blessing of peace be upon this house. If a lover of peace resides there, your peace will rest upon that household. But if you are rejected, your blessing of peace will come back upon you. Don't shift from one house to another, but stay in one home during your time in that city. Eat and drink whatever they serve you. Receive their hospitality, for you are my harvester, and you deserve to be cared for. When you enter into a new town, and you have been welcomed by its people, follow these rules. Eat what is served to you. Heal the sick, and tell them all God's kingdom has arrived and is now within your reach. But when you enter a city and they do not receive you, say to them publicly, We wipe from our feet the very dust of your streets as a testimony before you. Understand this, God's kingdom came within your reach and yet you have rejected God's invitation. Jesus continued, Let me say it clearly. On the day of judgment, the wicked people of Sodom will have a lesser degree of judgment than the city that rejects you. For Sodom did not have the opportunity that was given to them. How disastrous it will be for the city of Chorazin. How horrible 
for the city of Bethsaida, for if the powerful miracles that I performed in Chorazin and Bethsaida had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have humbled themselves, repented, and turned from their sins. Tyre and Sidon will face a lesser degree of judgment than you will on the day of judgment. And Capernaum, do you really think you'll be highly exalted because of the great things I have done there? No. You'll be brought down to the depths of hell because of your rejection of me. Jesus concluded his instructions to the seventy with these words. Remember this, whoever listens to your message is actually listening to me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And not only me, but the one who sent me. When the seventy missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, While you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample over every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord Supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart, to give these things to those who are like trusting children. Father, you have entrusted me with all that you have. No one fully knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to reveal the Father to anyone he chooses. When Jesus was alone with the twelve, he said to them, You are privileged to see and hear all these things. Many kings and prophets of old long to see the days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear, yet they didn't get to see a glimpse or hear even a whisper. Just then a religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question, Teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, What do you read in the law? How do you understand it? The religious scholar answered, It states, You must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your possession, all your energy, 
and your every thought, then you must love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, that is correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, he questioned Jesus further, saying, What do you mean by my neighbor? Jesus replied, There was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. Soon, a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now tell me which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor. The religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. Jesus said, go and do the same as he. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. And Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guest. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. I feel like this is part two to the last episode that we did. and We're seeing Jesus' ministry continue to evolve. And, uh, and in order to reach the people that he needs to reach and fulfill the prophecies that he needs to walk out, he has to grow and develop. 
And Jesus is God, we all know that and agree. But he's also a man. And because he did what he did as a man, we can be inspired with hope that we can transform and grow into exactly who he has called us to be. I hope that encourages you. Bill Johnson says, you know, if Jesus was here as just as a God and did all that he did, then I'm so impressed. But since he was a man and put on flesh and did what he did, so humbly to lay down his deity as he did, then I am compelled to follow. Jesus was showing us something that we can do, which is follow the leading of the Lord. I believe when Jesus was meeting with God in the morning, he was hearing him clearly. And he was getting revelation on what God was doing. He had a pocket full of the scriptures always for everything. And he just pulled them out, go through it. And he'd know what God was up to. You know, it's hard to speak the language of encounter supernatural encounter without knowing the scriptures. We need such a great foundation in the word. That's not to say that people can't learn. I was an atheist that became a Christian through an encounter. And that was enough to get me where I needed to go so that I could begin to build a life a blessing and favor and the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living that he had planned for me. It doesn't matter how small the beginning is. That's not the point. Jesus grew in favor with God and men. It's okay to see some of these stories and look at it and say, well, this is potentially where Jesus was growing. In his ministry, he was adapting, building. That doesn't mean any of it has less power. It just helps you identify with him as a human being who grows. It doesn't mean Jesus did one thing wrong, because he did not. We know that. The scriptures tell us. But it does mean that he grew. So today I want to, I want us to sit with Jesus. If you can, imagine yourself kind of coming up close to him, sitting by him on a log near a fire or on the beach or sit next to him human heart to human heart. 
and we know he's God, but sit next to his humanity. If you, if you feel stumped in this, ask Jesus if you can sit next to him as a human. I can't get past the idea that Jesus has big brown eyes, you know. To me, he's a Jewish man. And, and when I sit next to him, he's always wearing a tunic like he does in most popular shows that show Jesus, like The Chosen. And however you see him, maybe he's on a, on a dark cloud, you know or anything it's always good but what I want you to do is snuggle up next to him as a person I want you to take that human just take a moment to just take in his humanity sometimes this is where we need to take those moments that we just feel shame about. Maybe you've got one that you remember right off the top. You're just like, yeah, I remember. That was awful. And you still feel shame about that. You made a bad decision. Uh, you sinned anything that brought shame into the picture. And I want you to kind of reach over and ask Jesus, say, Jesus, do you have compassion for me? speak to shame because sometimes it is demonic sometimes it's come from our family and in Jesus name I cancel your assignment over all my friends listening I cancel you and I'm gonna snap thank you Lord And I want you to begin to pull any shame out of you. And maybe you ask me, why am I so confident that Jesus didn't rebuke us? You know, even if he did, he would have done it. Much like he did with Martha here. Which just called attention to what you were being distracted by. These scriptures show us a Jesus that is compassionate and understands. And if you need to go back and do the exercise again, do this activation again, because it's important to receive from a compassionate Jesus. 
the wonderful forgiveness that his embrace will allow. Sometimes it's important for us to see his compassion coming from his humanity and not just his deity. So I want to encourage you Maybe there's more to that moment. I want to encourage you there too. Maybe someone hurt you or maybe you began to believe a lie or you need to forgive someone. Those are so important. Don't ever pass up the opportunity to forgive someone. It will release you. Be released. no point in you staying in those chains. Don't do it for anyone other than you. Get yourself free by forgiving every single person that you need to. Release them. Release them to the God that will. He will sort out everything. He promises. He won't let anything loose or undone. He won't you won't just disregard or there will be a balancing it might not happen how we think he's probably better than we think and um but release them and then take it to the next level and I, I believe this will help you get it from your head your forgiveness from your head to your heart and bless them. See them blessed. Don't just say, I bless you. Say, I bless you, but then see it. Visualize it. Like a prophetic kind of visual declaration. See them being blessed. If they've passed on, then simply Imagine them in the great cloud of witnesses. With great joy, heaven's joy on their face. I know this is helpful to some. If it's a lie, laugh at it. <laughs> Just laugh at it. That's where you put your emotions when you find a lie. Renounce the lie. Ask Jesus for the truth. Declare that truth when he gives it to you. If you have any trouble believing it, just put it on your mirror or in your notes. Remind yourself to read it every day. Use whatever reminder uh, app or whatever you have on your smartphone or a calendar that you look at daily. And remind yourself of the truth. Believe it. As you believe it, you'll begin to behave in that way. And very soon, sometimes even within moments, you'll become that truth. I've definitely been a witness 
to the supernatural reality of that. You can do anything. God values your freedom. Because where the freedom is, that's where his spirit is. You are his house. He gets to choose the furniture in there. He lives in that space. He gets to paint the walls and decorate any way he wants. Let me encourage you. Let the, the Lord reveal and show you ways to greater freedom. God bless you today. Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.